Like, you've seen her at Lala, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lala Police in 2012. And then I saw her at Bonnaroo in 2015. It was only for a night. But it blew our socks off so much that we had to bring it back to end our Women in Music album review series. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of And as we just mentioned, we will be diving in to Florence and the Machine Ceremonials. And what an album this is. Um, definitely my favorite Florence and the Machine album. Uh, but yeah, released in 2011. This one is a two disc vinyl. And this is Florence and the Machine's second studio album. Um, for those who don't know Florence the Machine, they're, I'm not even sure how to describe their genre. They have a little bit of everything, indie rock, uh, soul, folk. I, I, I really don't, yeah, it, it's hard to place a genre on them. Um, it's just heavenly yeah. music is what I always think of. So many voices, so much big production happening in every one of these songs and just all of Florence's songs in general. And, dude. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're from London, England. This album is 55 minutes, 58 seconds, so pretty close to an hour. 12 tracks, five singles. The Let's see. Looks like one of the singles, which is probably most popular song off the album maybe florence the machine's most popular song shake it out that was the lead single off the album released in september of 2011 the whole album came out in october of 2011 um it looks like what the water gave me may have honestly been the first one dropped and it was the promotional single debut uh, at number 24 over in the uk charts and that was on august 23rd and then Shake It Out from there came out. No Light, No Light, Never Let Me Go. And then the final one was released on November 30th of 2012, Lover to Lover. Yeah, I wonder if, so what the water gave me then, I wonder if that was only released in the UK. Yeah, because... Or I guess, okay. So I, I see what it's saying here. So it wasn't what, what the water gave me. It wasn't technically a single. It was just, like you said, it was released as a teaser. Shake It Out was like technically the first single. It's like the official lead single. But you're right. What What the water gave me is like the first content that the fans could hear. Nice. That's interesting that they would do it that way. But, I've never heard of that. Yeah, like, like I, I had the list in front of me, and you're like, "What the water gave me?" I'm like, "What do you, what do you mean?" Yeah, no, I like I just was like clicking on, uh, yeah, yeah, different ones and one, and it literally says it here, and I guess I might have honestly skipped over these wording, but it says first taster of ceremonials. Yeah, well, no, I, I like pulled it up, and I, I see exactly what you're talking about now. Um. But yeah. it was a good taste, I'll tell you that much, because uh, 
it got the fans pumped uh, right before this. Uh, Florence had released a song called Heavy in Your Arms for the soundtrack of the fantastic movie, The Twilight Saga Eclipse. And then from there, she entered the studio for a two-week session. Uh, and from there, they kind of hammered out at least the majority of the album uh, with a great producer uh, that, and now a debut artist as of 2020, Paul Epworth, who Club and I were talking about a little bit before this. And... This dude has his foot in music. Absolutely. Yeah, he's produced some pretty interesting albums. Uh, like another one that comes to mind is Ghost Stories uh, by Coldplay. Um, but he also produced Florence of the Machine's first album, Lungs. Um, and that that's the one that has the song Dog Days Are Over, which is, I mean, if Shake It Out's not their most popular song, then dog days are over is probably their most popular um but yeah i guess let's run through the personnel really quick for this album obviously florence welsh lead singer she is the star of the show and the reason why we picked this album for women in music because she is this band she's the writer she's the singer like she does everything um and then we got robert Ackroyd on guitar. We have Christopher Lloyd Hayden on drums. Tom Monger on the harp and the bass. So I wonder how that worked live because obviously you can't do both of those. (laughs) Those feet get put to work. Shout out to that man. Yeah. And then you got, I think we have our answer here. So we have Mark Saunders on backup vocals, additional percussion and bass. So I'm going to have to say when Tom is playing bass, Mark's probably doing additional percussion and, you know, vice versa. If Tom's on harp, then Mark's probably playing bass. So I bet, the, yeah, those two are probably interchanging quite a bit. So we'll have to, when we talk about the bass parts as we go through the album, we'll need to look because it says who's doing what. So we'll need to see who's who's got what bass part. Um, but then we got Isabella Summers on the piano. Um, and there's so many other extra musicians that, contributed to this album in various ways like we have one two three four five violinists a viola stand-up bass a cello (laughs) so you know like we can't go through all of that but i guess just understand there are so many layers to this album five backup vocalists that aren't even in the band. So yeah, when we're talking about Florence, Robert, Christopher, Tom, Mark, Isabella, that is Florence and the machine at this point in time when this album came out. Damn. That is a lot of personnel, uh, but it really paid off. Like I said, I used the word heavenly earlier to kind of describe it. It's just every song, it just kind of takes you, you know, you're listening to this band, Florence and the Machine, immediately. The drums on pretty much every song are just that jungle. Yeah, just going so hard. And it's an incredible experience. I mean, uh, so we started this off 
Club and I have both seen her, uh, like we had mentioned. Um, I will be posting a picture that I got uh, along with this review on our social and whatnot. But she was on stage. I was at Bonnaroo. I was pretty far back. She came down. I didn't see her at all. And then about 15, 20 seconds later, she pops up directly in front of me. And I have this insane picture where her hands are in the air spread. She's just looking up at the sky and the on the main stage of Bonnaroo. It just says the name right between her hands. And it was one of the craziest experiences I've ever had at a concert. I didn't really know too much about her or the band. And it stuck with me for so long. So I'm so glad we're able to go through this album. And uh, yeah, Bonnaroo, if you ever listen to this, I've been trying to get you that picture. I would love for it to be uh, on the front. of uh, <laughs> I don't even know. A poster. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you didn't know much about the band when you saw them. What did you think when you saw a harp being hauled out on stage? <laughs> I mean, it was insane. And she was like the energy of her running all over the stage is mm-hmm. what just drew me in as well. Uh, Cause it was just so passionate, but yeah, I see a harp coming out. I'm like, what am I in for? Dude. In the, when I saw her, like her outfit was like unreal. Cause I've seen that picture that you're talking about and she's dressed like you know, differently, but like a little bit more modern. Like when I saw her, like you, like she looked like she could have been in like the 1700s in London, like just like strolling down like a brick road (laughs) with like a pail of water, just like that (laughs) scene. (laughs) And so again, you were 2012. So you saw her like right when this album was coming out. It it was the ceremonials tour. That's kick-ass club. That's fucking kick-ass. It was, and they just fired out. They started the set that I saw them play with the first song on the album. Only for a night. Yeah, that song, it's probably my favorite Florence and the Machine song. So, yeah, when I was there, like, you, they come out and play that right right from the get-go. I'm just like, well... I don't know if it can really get better from here. <laughs> it's such a powerful way to start an album. Uh, like sets the tone. I feel like I say this because these artists that we have been doing with these album reviews are just, it's so just on purpose and sets the tone for everything that you're about to experience. Um then again, the use of multiple voices puts you in that, just stratosphere of welcome to the show, 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 show. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, there's several layers to the singing in this song and I don't know, just the way, the way it builds up and, you know, like at the very end where you have all the backup singers going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have only for a night, like over the top of it. Um, and yeah, hold on. Let's see who's playing bass on this one. Yeah, that's going to be the ultimate. There, there is one part. I'm sure you noticed this too, where like the whole song kind of pauses and then you just have the bass. Yeah. 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 Oh, the power of the pause. 
Um, and while Club's looking up the bass boy, I will say the writers for this were Florence Welch and Paul Epworth also got um, credit for writing this as well. Wow. So there is no electric bass on this song. It is Lucy Shaw rocking the stand-up bass. Loose. Oh, man. <laughs> She's not a member of Florence and the Machine either. Which, I mean, again, gets back to the layers because you do the math. What does that tell you? That means Tom and Mark are both doing something that's not bass. Yeah, it's not like they're not just doing. Yeah, they, they didn't sit yeah. this one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's a great way to start it. And then it goes right into what Club had mentioned, maybe their most popular song ever. Check it out, check it out. Check it out, check it out. <laughs> and it's such a fun song and is one that will warp me back to my high school days when this did come out because it was all over the radio and you're just in your, like, driving around. I think my friend, you know, maybe he was 15 and a half, 16, got his lashes before me. We're just shaking it out, shaking it out, shaking it out, shaking it out, driving around town and saying in the whoa part. It's so simple. <laughs> it's so just simple, and but you need to give the audience something to sing along with, even if they're like not paying attention. I could be in a conversation completely right now, but if that song's going on in the background, I'll be like, "So, uh, where are we gonna whoa today?" <laughs> like, it's electric and it's uh, addicting. Like, to just keep wanting to play it over and over again. And another thing, too, I think it's a classic example of how a band's maybe their most popular song, but if not one of their most popular songs, sounds very different from the core of their music. Like mm -hmm. Radiohead is another great example. Like everybody knows the song Creep, but if you listen to just pick any Radiohead album and listen to the whole thing, you're like, oh, this is like creep is the outlier <laughs> like yeah. most of their stuff is just very like weird and melodic it's, it's good but it's it's just not what creep like creep is not their typical sound i feel like that sort of applies here like shake it out's like very poppy very upbeat and uh most of their stuff isn't like most of their stuff is just highly layered like hits you deep in the feels a lot of it and like can be a little bit slower. Absolutely. This one has been described as gothic pop with gospel elements. Yeah, I definitely see the gospel elements for sure. The goth I don't get because there's nothing really sad or depressing about the song. Although I guess goth doesn't have to mean that but you yeah. i mean i know what you mean uh but so again florence welch and paul upworth get uh credit for this one and then florence actually mentioned in an interview one time that this song was written within an hour which is pretty just crazy to think about if you have an idea out there ladies and gents run with it absolutely um yeah so next one the next one's probably one of my top three songs off this album. It's hard to pick. I mean, only if Four Night is my favorite, but it's a very 
close for second, but what the water gave me is definitely in contention. It's the longest song on the album, and the ending of it is just absolutely crazy. Dude, that, yeah, <laughs> the ending just takes you on a ride. Um, the, It's interesting enough, so Florence obviously gets credit for this one, and then mm-hmm. someone by the name of Francis White, yeah, British musician, songwriter, and producer, gets credit for it as well. Yeah, um, and I guess yeah, that's the only only song on the album that Francis White is involved in. It says he um, was in a career, or his career was in a band called the Yip Yip Coyotes. And then formed Brother Beyond with his brother, David White, in the late 1980s. Uh, So definitely been in the scene for a fat minute. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't get over that ending. Lay me down. Let the only sound. And that part is honestly (laughs) exactly what I'm talking about with the drums. Like it it just carries the end of that with the and lay me down. <laughs> I'm honest, gonna blare that as soon as we're done with the shit. Yeah. And I'll probably say that about the next one, which leads us right into Never Let Me Go. And uh, this is just another great example of just how songs can flow together. But I must interrupt and say so, after what the water gave me is the end of side one of the vinyl. Like I said at the beginning, it's a two disc. So this is the end of side one. Flip it over and you're on the B side, kicking it off with Never Let Me Go. And so, I mean, at the end of what the water gave me, you just, it's like somebody took out a giant trout and just smacked you in the face. So you... (laughs) need a little time to recover <laughs> <laughs> and that's where her never let me go comes in. specifically trout specifically it's just a big fish that's why I picked it, it. it's a trout <laughs> and if it's not a trout i send it back <laughs> never Very let me tasty go. fish i yeah i've been getting into fish you know walleye was my fish of last year which i got obsessed with but that's what Toledo's known for. We got the Toledo walleye minor league hockey team. <laughs> Let's go. But walleye, walleye fishing is big around here, like Port Clinton or Catawba or mm-hmm. even Sandusky, all pretty close to Toledo. Like there is a large Dude. amount of business activity that derives from fishing. Should we go fishing this summer and then film an episode out on the water and <laughs> it'll be a water themed episode? <laughs> It'll be what the water gave us. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so, all right. So Never Let Me Go um, is another one where when I look at this album, I, I always like looking at it and I'll be like, okay, which ones do I know? Thought I didn't know this one. As soon as it comes on, I'm like, oh, okay, boom. Another one that just has rocked my world for that last decade. And I guess I didn't know the name of it. And, oh, man, this song just has so many different feels. Like, it just starts off so slow, and it's just like, 
looking up from underneath and you know like just very like the music is so slow at the beginning and then you'll you have like somebody almost whispering just coming in like never let me go never let me go and And then like just florence just comes in just like full belt just like and the arms of the ocean <laughs> carrying me. Oh, <laughs> it's so me. good. <laughs> it is so good and powerful. Like I've never wanted to just go run through a brick wall, but also frolic in a plane at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it oh, just so many different feels and uh, by the end of it it's just i mean it's honestly like what the water gave me where just at the end of it you just have like this full ensemble orchestra choir just giving you this enormous sound absolutely um and then it leads us right from there into breaking down and this one, the piano really rocks out on this one. You just got that ding, 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 And we get more ahs in the chorus. Ooh. Voices. I think I'm breaking down again. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's such a good one. Yeah, another good one, just like right in the heart of the album. Um, But from there comes to a very popular one in my mind, Lover to Lover. Yeah, this one's like, yeah, like a little bit more aggressive and punchy. And like this one has more of like a rock feel, like as much as Mm -hmm. Florence and the Machine can have like a pure rock feel. 100%. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most unique songs on kind of this whole album. And it's, yeah, just, yeah, like you kind of described, it just sounds like if Florence was born like 40, 50 years before this, this is what she still would have made in the freaking 60s, 70s. Absolutely. Lover to lover. No salvation for me now. <laughs> Dude, I got to take a look at uh, moving forward. I'm going to take a gander at some of these lyrics because I need to, like, I don't know. She sings a lot. Like, I, I read something where she sings a lot about uh, kind of like technology and like, um, hey, let me take a gander at that article. And I mean, or, I guess a- it probably depends on the album too. I guess I don't know if I noticed like a particular theme on this one, but I don't know. A lot of it seems just like very emotional and like more like I guess about relationships and all that good stuff. Definitely. What I was trying to say was that she said two of the recordings that came out of these sessions were inspired by science, not technology. And it says a lot of her families are doctors and trying to become doctors. So a lot of conversations are fixed around medical stuff uh, during that time period for her. And uh, so that is what I was reading, not technology. But 
nonetheless, I'm going to pay attention to the lyrics as we move forward down this album right into No Light and No Light. Yeah, yeah, this one's just another one that very popular, one of the singles off the album. And yeah, the drums in this one like are everything. <laughs> no light, no light. <laughs> Dude, they do carry it completely. Um, you kind of described as we move forward into later in this album. Uh, yeah, the drums just kind of take over. And uh, wait, what'd you describe it as? Um, you said like Lion King beat. Oh yeah, yeah. That I guess that wasn't for any specific song, just more like the second half of the album. But I mean, this is because um, yeah. So lover to lover, that's the end of disc one. No light, no light kicks off the first side of disc two. And so, yeah, I guess with the exception of Seven Devils, I think the drums and like pretty much the remaining six tracks are just very like jungly, like Lion King soundtrack. Indeed. I thought it was a great comparison, honestly, when listening to it earlier today. Uh, but yeah. I said I was going to pay attention to the lyrics and literally the first line in No Light, No Light is you are the hole in my head. You are the space in my bed. You are the silence in between what I thought and what I said. See, it's it's like sort of relationshipy, but it's not. It doesn't follow like a certain theme. Like I feel like when we talked about Jagged Little Pill, like you could kind of see the evolution of like where Alanis's mind was at with that album. With this, like, yes, it is. Like I think a lot of it the songwriting probably stems from relationships and that sort of deal. But it, I don't know that there's like a certain thought pattern to it. Cause you, I mean, you have a bunch of songs sprinkled in that aren't necessarily, I think it's more of a musical arrangement than a lyrical arrangement. I guess that's, I think that's what I'm trying to say. That's good. No, that's a good way to put it, honestly. Um, but from there we go into Seven Devils, which I think is top three for me. Maybe my favorite. It's like an R and B song. Almost. Yeah, like you got that. Holy Seven water, can devils I... in my head. Holy water, can I help you now? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a bop to, to like keep that second half rolling. Um. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoyed this one. And again, it was kind of another one where I thought I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, I have a hundred percent heard this at least at some point in my life. Seven devils all around you. Seven devils in your house. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's great. That's great. Uh, 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 but from there, number nine, is heartliness heartlines oh my god i'm an idiot <laughs> i literally you just did... you just added one s <laughs> heartliness heartlines wow brian heartlines okay i got it <laughs> yeah this song just sort of like i was saying before you have like those really jungly drums and 
just this huge epic sound that sounds like it could be on the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that's good, dude. Like, I mean, like I said earlier, I really felt that when you talked to me about that earlier. Um, and one of the lines in this is on the sea, on the sea and land over land, creeping and crawling like the sea over sand. Still, I follow heart lines on your hand. So Yeah. Just, yeah, it broke down everything in the animal kingdom right there for us. So we got a winner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this one. So yeah, got to go to the bass now because the bass in this one, like, is kind of in sync with the drums. Like, there's a lot going on. And so on this one, we got Mr. Mark Saunders on the bass. Sandy Saunders. But yeah. Um, just looking through to see if there's any unique sort of layered sounds, but it looks like, so yeah, they're just a bunch of backup vocalists. But yeah, just a big song, uh, that we'll continue to see as we move forward into this album, uh, with a really, really cool one that got developed into something even cooler, uh, is Spectrum. Yeah, this one, oh man, this one's like towards the top of like favorite songs on this album for me. And also, so Heartlines ends the first side of the second disc. So you flip it over and very last side of the album kicks off with Spectrum. And I mentioned how it got developed. So this song uh, was a... Written, again, Florence Welch, Paul Epworth. Um, the band premiered the song during a concert uh, on October 15th, 2011, prior to the album release. Uh, it's kind of described as like a down-tempo orchestral pop, which I definitely see. Yeah. Um, but so that's what it is, and you can all go and listen to it. But there was a remix of it uh, actually done by DJ Kelvin Harris, that was released then on July 6, 2012. And honestly, this is how I got to know this song was because of this remix. And it's amazing to be able to go back and listen to just what it's from. It's, it, it's so much fun, honestly, to do that with songs that are remixed by DJs. Because uh, you just get to see the mind and how it is developed. But the core of it is still there. And dude, it bops. Yeah, I'm probably weird in this where so like a lot of people will do that and then they like tend to prefer the DJ version first if that's what they've heard first. Mm -hmm. But I am like complete opposite. I'll hear like the electronic version at a club or something and like it'll catch my attention. So I'll take out my phone, shazam it, go look it up later. And then I'll find the original song that they're sampling and I will almost always prefer that. And I'll like, even for, I'll forget that it was ever remixed or anything. <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, Hey, it, it is all for that. Uh, like it's the people who created it at the end of the day, it's how it was meant to be created and it's what it stemmed mm-hmm. from. Um, but yeah, and no, I, I, I understand both sides of it as well because, uh, 
I'm honestly more on your side as well. Like, like with old, old ones, I'm like, think of a new idea or whatever, just do this. But then I don't know. We're keeping songs alive in my mind uh, for another generation to go and do a TikTok do it. <laughs> True. Yeah. I just love like when Florence is singing comes in and just like, say that's awesome it's just awesome no it is uh yeah no definitely one of my top ones as well um but from there number 11 all this and heaven too and another good one starts a little slower but really picks up towards the end sort of in the ilk of what the water gave me or never let me go and I really enjoy this one uh, as leading into the final song. Um, but I, there was one lyric that stood out to me. Let me see if I can get it word for word. And on this one too, so Mark Saunders, I, I yeah, again, I'd be interested to see how this happens live, but he tracked both the bass and a rhythm guitar part. Um, so that, I guess, to me is very interesting. And then um, they also had, it doesn't say exactly what, but this lady named Sally Herbert, um, they, they just describe it as an additional string arrangement that was on this track. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I really, I mean, it's just like that chorus part where it's like, no words are a language. It doesn't deserve such treatment and all my stumbling Mm -hmm. phrases. I just, I love the essence of you of like words. Like, I mean, she uses language and then phrases, but it's on the one and the three in the line. And I really love just that comparison where it just ties it back together in lyrics and whatnot, but not directly after it, where, again, it was on the first line, second line, something different, treatment, boom, back to phrases and languages. Uh, I just, I don't know, that caught me listening through it for the first time. Yeah. And so, okay, you know how, like, the piano, it sounds different in this. It's not like a grand piano sound. Mm-hmm. So I figured out what it was. Have you ever heard of an instrument called a celesta? Duh. <laughs> I don't think so. So it's it looks like a smaller version of a piano. And like as far as like the user playing it, it is like a piano without the pedals. But so what it does is like when you press down on a key... I mean, I guess this is sort of similar to how a grand piano works, but the key has a hammer that hits a metal plate that's like a xylophone. So, like, if you just think of a xylophone, you just have all these metal plates sitting there, you hit it with a mallet, and it makes, like, a bell sound. So it's the same thing. It's just basically for somebody who knows how to play the piano but doesn't know how to like swing a drumstick or a mallet it allows them to get the same sound but be able to use you know 
like their hands like playing a piano instead of having to like swing. Interesting. No, I did not know that. That is great information and uh I don't know, very cool concept, honestly. Yeah, it's the only um track on the album where this instrument is used. Um yeah, it's a very unique instrument and of course it doesn't work the other way. Like if you only know how to play <laughs> drums, <laughs> there's no there's no instrument that converts you hitting things into notes. <laughs> you need the the piano from Big where you can just hop across it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next best thing. Um, but man, it leads us to the last song on this wonderful, most beautiful album, Leave My Body. Yeah, and this one's like kind of dark, kind of has like a spooky just a vibe to it. Yes, dude, it does. It it is kind of just talking about like how she doesn't. I mean, everything just. I don't need need a husband. Don't need no wife. I don't need the day. I don't need the night. I don't need no yeah. future. I don't need no past. Like it's just. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting. Uh, I don't know. It's it it's very interesting way to like end this album, I think. Yeah, yeah, it it is very emotional and it, it's almost like I don't know. Like she's just like not happy with herself cuz yeah. like, I'm going to leave my body. I'm going to lose my mind. Said and I'm going to leave my body. It's pulling like pulling me down. Yeah, yeah, pulling exactly. Me down wrong it's not you are beautiful florence <laughs> yes and so is your music i know it, like you think i mean i i said it's an interesting way because ceremonials is the name of the album it's mm-hmm. a ceremony of celebration and whatnot but kind of like what we just described it's like pulling her down and uh i would think it would be a joyous celebration to kind of close this out um but it but well, it's interesting you say that. So the only time they say ceremonials on the album is the very first track. Yep. And she's talking about I did cartwheels in your honor. My own secret ceremonials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting you say that, like jumping for joy and like that's that is the, the first like, one's cartwheels right, so, in your honor. Was it, so there we go. It started off as a ceremonial, and then it worked its way all the way through this path, and then set her up for that third studio album. Uh, but it was an inc- like this, like listening to this all the way through, was probably one of the most fun ones I've ever done. Uh, not even just obviously on the show, but in general. Uh, Again, because you know, everyone out there knows Florence immediately when it gets put on. Uh, mm-hmm. But to take some deep dives into it to get flashback to when this first came out and being like, holy shit, I heard this from Kelvin Harris, or holy shit, I heard this on the radio, or uh, walking past uh, Subway or something. And um, another thing, too, it's like we talked about this on previous album review episodes. There can never just be a single fucking release. Like, I'm just looking through here. We got the fucking 2012 digital deluxe edition bonus tracks. We got the Japanese edition bonus tracks. The non-US deluxe edition bonus disc. 
the Belgian and Dutch limited festival edition bonus disc. The Australian limited edition bonus disc. You need to cash in on this. That's what they're doing, baby. Cash in. I know. It's just, it's funny because, like, the thing is, like, when you go to listen to it on Spotify, it almost never has the, like, it will have the original, like, album. But it almost always has one version of the mm-hmm. deluxe edition or bonus disc. It almost always has those tracks thrown at the, at the end. Yeah. So it's like almost every time you got to look it up ahead of time and be like, all right, where do I need to stop listening? So I know, like, where does the album actually end? Dude, that <laughs> happened with me. I think what we were doing, never mind. I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is one version they have there on Spotify that has, like, all these different demos and stuff. And yeah, yeah the T- Tina Turner one was a mess. Spotify <laughs> does not actually have a version on there that has the tracks correctly ordered <laughs> they have like three different versions and neither of them are the one <laughs> well you know we've been at this uh women in music series for a minute uh we really wanted to focus when we started this thing up to get like six albums a month in but as you guys all well know out there that we've just been cramming it with the sit downs and people have just been wanting to come on we've had some great conversations uh but we have officially wrapped up our women in music series. Shout out, shout out to the women. Shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. Those were six killer albums. Um, I guess let, let's just recap them really quick. So we had Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. We had Tina Turner, Private Dancer. Obviously we just did, Florence and the Machine, Ceremonials, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Um, who am I forgetting here? You are forgetting Dreamboat Annie, Heart. That's right. Oh, that was a great one. And you are also forgetting, these are your choices, Alicia Keys, Songs in A Minor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You've shown me them. I've shown, actually, I, the albums I chose, I really didn't listen to all the way. Like I said, Billie Eilish was the only one I did before. Uh, but it was a very awesome. We picked them from all different decades, kind of all different styles and whatnot. Yeah. Dreamboat um, Annie was new to me, too. I had only heard, like, Magic Man and Crazy on You ahead of time. Yeah, no. I mean, this was freaking awesome. I really love doing these series. Um, uh, w- we established before that we were going to do a Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jean Frujan Day series club we stick yeah. with that what do we think i i absolutely think we should do it like we that love a... those albums <laughs> so much that was rhetorical <laughs> as shit of course we're diving into it uh, and i think we should just find out right now what we're going to be doing i have them all uh, over here in a hat all right so for the folks we got mother's milk we got blood sugar sex magic we got californication by the way, and Stadium Arcadium in that order. And of course, if you didn't see it already, we've already done our album review of the newest Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Unlimited Love. We're getting ahead of it already. Let's freaking go. All right. So for the second 
album review in the John Frusciante series. We will be rolling with drum roll, please. Standing in line to see the show tonight. By the way, baby. Try to say I'm waiting for everything. I blame you, Chile. I blame you. Well, Frick, this is awesome. That's probably I would say that and Mother's Milk are the two. I really don't know that well uh, out of those five, so I'm gonna be diving in there, baby. I'm so, ready. Dude, I I have a lot of dude. I actually, dude, I think I might have told you this, but my friend Chris, he loves the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Dude, he pulled the trigger and bought a ticket to that Comerica Park show. Oh, let's go! <laughs> so we we have another stallion. Stallion. Uh, but um, so yeah, like this album. By the way. I always tell this to people that know Red Hot Chili Peppers. It is by far the most underrated Chili Peppers album. Like, it is as good as anyone you will find. Like, Californication, Blood Sugar Stadium, like, it's right in there with it. Kick like, ass, dude. The like, songs I'm looking are at these songs. I mean, there's like the bangers that people know. We don't have many of these on our uh, playlist club, so we're going to have to. Had every single one. The the whole album should be on there if I'm being honest. But um, it might be the deluxe. I'm, the, yeah. What are you offering me, Spotify? The two that you probably know are "Can't Stop" and "By the Way." And then Zephyr Song is the other one that. Is... And those are very good songs, but those probably aren't even in like the top five off that album for me. Ooh, we're going to have some controversy <laughs> in the next one, but we'll save it for then. Uh, so get ready for that. Get ready for a shit ton coming this summer. Ladies and gentlemen, we are freaking rolling. The stampede is coming down the tracks. And we're also, we're going to try a few different structured episodes that we have not tried yet. So stay tuned for those. Like I said, controversy. Well, besides that, my name is Bruce. I'm Clef. And this has been another episode of... <laughs> I don't